If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Well, let's get educated to start the show, Casey. Okay. Just ask the question. In the ranking of dumb animals, where are squirrels? Smart animals aren't dogs smart. Right? Dogs are smart animals. Elephants. Yes. Aren't they supposed to be really smart? Never had a pet elephant. I haven't either, but I think they say they're smart. Okay. Pretty sure. Well, listen. Okay. That's all I got. But when it comes to dumb animals, it's twice now in my neighborhood, right? Last couple of days. Bet you that, hit a squirrel. No, I didn't hit him. Like, I thought I was about to get a kill, but I didn't. And yeah. what I don't understand here is... Like so, do they are? Why are they turning around in the middle of the road? So the, the the squirrel is three quarters of the way across the road, right? Yeah. So he's in the other lane, and he's almost to the other side. Yeah. I don't know what his mission is, but I'm in the right lane, mm-hmm. and he does a U-turn and comes right back in front of the car and somehow doesn't get hit. Like I mean, good for him, but like, so where's their level of stupidity awareness? You know, I know like the uh, one of those things, uh, the the annoying one, not the possum, uh, the possum, isn't it possum? Yes. Like they get hit all the time because they do. Aren't they almost like blind? Armadillos as well. Yeah. Armadillos, right? They only see like right in front of them or something, something like sure. that. I think squirrels are just indecisive. I wouldn't call them dumb animals. I would just say they're ah, a bit that's indecisive. It's a, a good word. You know, they're not real sure. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, they make hesitate too much. Just a lot of hesitation. Man. Like they would get thrown out on the bases a lot. They they would also run the wrong way occasionally. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far as dumb. Like I saw the group chat. I know the, the the person that didn't show up for work today feels very strongly about his take on squirrels. I would just say they're indecisive. I just I mean again, you think of these random thoughts on occasion, and this was the latest one. I'm coming out of the neighborhood, and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. This is twice in a couple of days now. I watched that squirrel look like he's on the other side of the road. And then he comes back across the other way. Now, what I don't know, if he went across the other way, he didn't see a tree, maybe. Hey, yeah, there's no tree over here. I'm going back. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I want to know. Like, I got to look or, it up. I haven't had time to look it up because I was driving in. But I want to look it up. Like, are the squirrels dumb? Do they hear vibrations of the road? Like, what freaks them out? I'm going to do it. I'm going to find out. And hear me out. This is, you know, dark. But maybe the squirrel was making a business decision. Yeah, he. I don't know. He looked kind of happy. Could you tell though? <laughs> like, I mean, he from like your he, vantage point, he looked like he was enjoying his Monday until he got under the car and must not be a Jags fan. <laughs> That's a good point. Ah <laughs> uh, man, Jags fans, how we doing? I always wonder at three o'clock how we're doing compared to eight o'clock. Still compared to last night on social media or last night on prime time or last night post game or we have different levels of this stuff. Where are we at? Where's our psyche right now? about where it was this morning is it yeah remember last week i was full tilt in the morning i was okay and then the afternoon i was just not okay now i'm pretty much in the same spot i was frustrating 
Yeah. Annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I think what we talked doom about a gloom. lot. Doom and gloom. No. Yeah, not as much doom and gloom. I don't feel that today either. I was trying to get a sense of, okay, where are we at with this thing? And I, I think there's a lot of things to like about the Jags, and most notably yesterday, Trevor, in the clutch. Like, that's a big thing. Like, that is not a small thing at all, what happened in the fourth quarter of that game on the offensive end. I continue to be impressed with Doug Peterson and what they're doing offensively. Yeah, there's critical calls in the game, and, and you have room to criticize. That's part of the, the thing. Uh, but I guess just once again, it's like, my goodness, didn't see that coming. Just didn't see the Jags giving up 34 to the Colts. So their defense had played pretty well this season. Like, what's the worst game the Jags defense played? Probably the, when they got pushed around by the Eagles, right? You said, ah, give up 200 yards rushing. That's not ideal. Yeah. And outside of that, now the Washington game, they had bad spurts. Early on, they weren't good. They couldn't stop anything. Late, they gave up the two big plays. Well, this game was a blend of both. This game, they couldn't stop anything. This game actually looked like the first couple of drives of the Washington game in the first, like, 20 minutes of that thing, where you just couldn't stop anything. It was like, it, I would say the Washington game had a little more bad tackling in it. This one didn't even have bad tackling. They just couldn't stop them. Everything was there for the taking for Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. But then you also gave up the big plays, you know, the, and Shaq gave up one of them to McLaurin, and now you get this play late in the game. I mean, think about this. The Jags have given up two game-winning touchdowns in the final, like, 100 seconds of a game this year on pass plays of pretty good significance. Like, you're talking about usually in that time you're keeping things in front of you. Mm -hmm. This We're not talking about a four-yard play. We're Jags. talking about a pretty good-sized play, 32-yard play. I forget what the Washington was, but it's pretty decent. And so... It's just bizarre, man. It's really bizarre that they gave up 34 points and could not stop. We talked about this this morning. They did not stop the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ryan, without Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. They did not stop the Indianapolis Colts since the 843 mark of the second quarter. They didn't stop them once. No punt. I mean, that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. Talk about the worst offense in the NFL coming into the game. And everybody, the NFL's weird. I get it. Yeah. You're going to have breakout stuff. You're going to do stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Listen, the Jags do that sometimes, too. I mean, they've been on both sides of doesn't make sense. They beat the Bills last year. Doesn't they make did. sense, right? Yep. Uh, to be honest with you, they just went and crushed the Chargers earlier this year. Kind of didn't make sense, even with all the injuries, to beat them 38 to 10. That nah, really doesn't make sense. Right? So the Jags have been a part of that. To have four fumbles in the same game, even in the weather, that makes sense. That's the NFL. Like, the NFL does not make sense. To have 422 yards and not score a touchdown against Houston doesn't make sense. And then yesterday to give up 34 points and not stop an Indianapolis offense that is, is really pedestrian overall and doesn't make sense. This is a common theme. The Jags don't make sense. The Jags are involved in all this and a lot of it this year. I don't get it. Uh, and, and it's hard to pinpoint what it is, uh, but we kind of likened it today. I wouldn't call it a sinking ship. It's a ship that is taking on water, and you're patching the holes. You patch the problem for turnovers. Nice job. A little better the last couple of weeks. You patch the problem for a run game against Philadelphia. Good job. A little bit better this week. You bit. patch the job for tackling Damian Pierce last week. Did a little bit better that time, this time. Tackled a little better. Little. Little. Yeah, really, they did for the most part, but they weren't facing the running game. 
offensively. You want to run the football more. Give it to James. Give it to Travis Etienne. You did it. Nice work. Trevor Lawrence. He's got to play better. He's got to make better decisions. Pretty good. Pretty good decision making. He's got to come up clutch. He's your franchise quarterback. Well, hell yeah, he did it. Ten-minute drive. And now? Now? Now you've got to go, like, find a couple of corners or something. Or one. At least one. Uh, I mean, it's just something every different week, and it's hard to uh, pinpoint what it is. When it goes well, you get the Indianapolis Colts week two, and you get the Chargers week three. When one side doesn't deliver, you get what we've got the last couple of weeks, and they usually turn into L's for the Jags because the Jags are not talented enough to overcome some miserable play. You know, and, and that's miserable play. When your offense doesn't score a touchdown against the Houston Texans, that counts as miserable. When your defense doesn't make a stop for two and a half quarters, like not one stop, not one, that's miserable. And you can't do that. If they were just, if they had a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde in them, yesterday the Jags might win the game yeah but it was just never good on the defensive end we did this this morning it was hard on Monday morning madness hard to like find a player that played well on defense like can you I, we think Tyson Campbell played pretty well overall they kind of avoided him mostly because they were going at Shaq and I guess the more I've thought about this, yeah. and I think we had a lot of comments on this this morning, and I, I think we're in the neighborhood. I'm going to ask Rasheed Mathis today. Of course, we've got Maurice Jones-Drew coming up on at uh, 3 o'clock, well, 3.20-ish, and um, we have Rasheed Mathis coming up at 4. And it doesn't work like this in football for some reason, but when a guy is having a bad day, like a really bad day, and you notice it some 35 minutes into the game, 40 minutes into the game, why do you keep him out there? Especially when you do have another option. Trey Herndon can be a, can get the job done on the inside. That's what and, I was just telling them. And Darius Williams can go to that kick to that outside. He did it for the last few years. He did it on the Super Bowl champ. Right. But they don't do it. They don't ever do it. They don't take an offensive lineman who's struggling out of the game usually. Colts did. The Colts did yesterday. They took the tackle out. Yeah, didn't even notice it. It, it happened. I didn't think the offensive line was bad at all. Right. Well, they took him out after the first drive. Oh, so they noticed something right away. Yeah. Gave him a shot, and boom. And it looked um, better. And they did look better. So, I, I guess that's going to be a little bit of my quest this week to figure out, hey, man, if the guy's having a tough day, get him out of there. I, I say this a lot in football, but I say this a lot in general. I do think some of coaching is to protect players from an ill-fated result. So I go back to like last week with Trevor. Second and one. Oh, I put him in that situation, mm -hmm. right? Like why put him in the situation to make the mistake when you could just hand off and probably go pick up three yards in a first down? Like, There's a little element of that. This is why I was hard on Mike Norvell that night after the NC State game. Yeah. Don't put your quarterback in. The, I don't care if he's a veteran quarterback or at the very least call timeout. You had plenty of them. And have a conversation with him just to reinforce the decision-making of the quarterback. Well, it's a little bit different on the other side of the ball. I mean, it's not a decision-making thing on the corner. It's more of, he's just not playing well. And is he fully healthy? And is he fully healthy? All those things. And so, if you're not playing well, then get him out of there. And he wasn't playing well.
No. And was it any time in that game that he was playing well? None, yeah. So the Jags have to uh, – it just doesn't happen. We'll ask the, the guys coming in. Rich Jones through, of course, 3 o'clock hour coming up next. Rasheen Mathis in the 4 o'clock hour. I uh, can't wait to talk to both. i really going to dissect that defense now. That's the Rasheen. one part with that we can ask Rasheen about, but just in general – like, everyone's, everyone's mad at Shaq right now because, you know, it didn't look great. Yeah, I get it. A lot of other guys getting bailed out because, to your point, who played well? Yeah. But you know what I mean? We're not talking about anything else other than Shaq really on the defensive side. We will as we go on. Obviously, the show just started. But, like, a lot of what we've talked about today has been about Shaq and not necessarily some of those other guys where it's like, where are you? We but, need you. Yeah, that's true. And, and this was similar to the last couple of weeks where I said, hey, the receivers are getting a pass for dropping balls the last couple of weeks right. because everybody's got their attention on Trevor. Correct. Well, they stepped up a little bit. Uh, you're not wrong. The whole defense didn't play well or well enough. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Here on a Monday, Maurice Jones drew up next. I'm still confident in this group. Uh, coaches, players, you know, listen, it's when you put the tape on, it's it's about us. It's about what we do and, and sometimes it's about what we don't do. And you know, we've got a we've got a group of guys that, that, that want to get it fixed and, and um, you know that's the encouraging part and we just take them one week at a time and and um, you know, you know, some people want them sooner than, than later and uh, there's some patience involved, but Everybody needs to know the importance of every play, every you know, every snap, every series, practice, games, the whole thing. That's just just the nature of what we do. I think Doug's a really smart guy. I think he knows what it looks like. He knows what a Super Bowl winner looks like. I think he knows that this team was going to take some lumps. I think it hurt them in a way. And I remember having this conversation with you, Casey, and, and Aaron as well on the show. I said, if they had beaten Philadelphia and gone 3-1, and one, I'm not sure that's who they were, like a 3-1 and one team. I've got to be honest with you, I didn't really think they were this 2-4 and four team that just lost to Houston and then did that yesterday from a defensive standpoint. I thought they were somewhere in between. Like, I really think they're a 3-3 three and three team. I think they're good enough to be 3-3, three and three, and that Houston loss is so bothersome. Because, like, yesterday, NFL game. Philly, a weird game, and they're better than everybody right now. Washington, kind of an NFL goofy game on the road. Like, again, these, this happens in the NFL every week. This has the Baltimore Ravens, all right? I mean, that's a good football team and a veteran football team, and they still can't close out a game. But the Houston game was not an NFL game. Houston, the better team wins that game when you play your C game, when you're that much better than them, and you don't go 422 yards and then, you know, have uh, – no touchdowns. So that doesn't usually happen uh, in the NFL. Right. Brent Martin, O'Casey no Kurtz, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Uh, Maurice Jones drew momentarily. And uh, also we'll have Rasheen Mathis in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, speaking of Doug Peterson, how do you feel about him right now? I mean, I, I said this this morning on Monday Morning Madness, and if you guys want to make me defend Doug Peterson, I'm here for it. I'll do it. Like, I think he's been fantastic, to be honest. Uh, sure. When a guy, when your head coach is calling plays, there's going to be added criticism, different element of criticism. I, got, I think he has done a fantastic job getting this team in the right frame of mind, setting an expectation, 
not being satisfied when they were two and one. I didn't think they would lose three in a row in this phase, this stage of it. Uh, but I also think he'll keep this thing on a, on a steady level because he knows what it is. And I've always been impressed with Doug going way back now to his Philly days where I thought they played better football as the year went along. And so I think the Jags will accomplish that too. My problem with what the Jags are doing is how many losses will they have in a row by the time they play better football and maybe win a couple because of their schedule just as much as some of the self-inflicted stuff. All right, let's go out west from London to California. This guy's everywhere. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew joins us on Mojo on Mondays on ESPN 690. Oh, man, when are we going to talk about a win again, Mojo? I mean, you, you hope soon, right? You, I felt like the offense did everything that they needed to do, and everyone was excited, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, we can't make it happen, right? Like, the defense gives up, and I thought the week before it was the other way around. So, hopefully they can put it together, you know, get both teams playing well, both teams doing what they're supposed to do, and uh, you'll, you'll get a, the result that you're looking for. But Trevor, what, had 90%? Completion percentage, rush for 240-some yards, and you lose, unheard of. And you told me, run the football, run the ball, run the ball, it solves everything. I, there were three teams that ran for over 200 yards yesterday, the Saints, the Ravens, and the Jags, and they all lost, Maurice Jones drew. Yeah, but I, I still, that, I mean, running the football, you scored how many points? You did everything you needed to do. I mean, they got to play defense as well. And, and, again, those things happen. I think the Ravens, when they ran the football, they were, they were really good. When they dropped back the pass, they, they, they kind of became an issue for that Giants pass rush. Uh, and to be honest with you, I thought the Jags were where they needed to be as well. It just so happens that Matt Ryan completed 42 or had 42 completions. I've, I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. Right? So, Crazy. I mean, it has to be – it's a team thing, right? So, last week, offense didn't play well. Defense played really – played better. And then, so, you just got to figure out a way to get both of them playing like at the same time. When they both play well, I think that's when you're going to have – a real deal. Well, and that's what, you know, it's it's interesting. I forget, maybe it was you uh, that we had on, and you were talking about this a little bit, or maybe it was Rasheen one of the Mondays. But he said, listen, it's very rare for both sides of the ball to play at, like, a dominant level in the NFL. doesn't usually happen. That's why you don't see a lot of blowouts. Well, for those two weeks, it actually did happen. Jags were getting turnovers. They were stopping the run. Their offense was clicking. They were putting together these, like, 15 play drives for seven, eight minutes off the clock. And we saw that. And so then the expectation raised. But the flip side of that is you don't want one of the units just not being able to do anything right. And 843 mark of the second quarter, the Jags defense forced a punt, Maurice. After that, they never stopped the Colts again. They never stopped the worst offense in the league again. I mean, that's hard to do and inexcusable, really. Well, it's definitely very frustrating, to be honest with you, because you didn't have Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor. You didn't have Naeem Himes. They were down their two runners. And you knew that they were going to come in a game plan and try to throw the ball. They had to, right? They, they, they didn't have the ability to run. Now, Deion uh, Jackson ran well and ran hard and, and, his, and when he had his chances. But you have to force a team to go against what they want to do. And obviously, knew the Colts going in there. And, again, I didn't play defense or anything. I'm just seeing it as a specter like everyone else. You need better coverage on the back end. At the end of the day, I mean, giving up a goal ball to win the game is inexcusable. I know uh, Griffin kind of owned up to it, and he was upset with himself. you got to learn from that and, and figure out what technique you want to use on the next one because understand, now that that's on tape, people are going to start to attack you that way. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be able to kind of self-scout, correct, and move forward. 
Bruce Jones Drew with us each and every Monday. Mondays with Mojo on ESPN 690. I think the Jags have some talent, man. I, I think they have more talent than they've had in recent years. I think uh, this is kind of heading in the right direction quietly, even in a three-game losing streak. But there's one thing that's not tangible, and I don't know if you even know what it is, but you find how to win. Like, the Colts have not been good. The Colts really have been awful a lot of the year, yet they find a way to get a W. Uh, Tennessee does that a lot over the last couple of years. Even when they're not playing well, they, they find a way. The New England Patriots made a living out of doing this, but at least they did have Brady and Belichick to lead the way. I don't know how you find that, Mojo. I, I think they're better. I think they're doing some good things. But they obviously don't know how to make, like, the play to win the game. And, and for years, and it's a cliche, it comes down to three, four plays. They don't look like they're making one or two of them. Well, I think it's a process, right? You just don't go with a new head coach. You just don't have a you know new regime, new culture, and just start winning. It's, it's winning. It's a process. And I remember being told this when I was in college. I remember being told this when I was in the league. Is that it takes time. You learn how to you learn how to play close games, right? You lose close games, as we just saw. Then eventually you start to win close games, right? You're learning again. We talk about self scouting and not making the same mistake twice. Then you learn how to win those close games. And then you learn how to play better. Then you start to play, you start to win bigger, right? And, and I think that's the most important thing is that you learn from what happened. That's how you learn to win the close game. That's how the Colts have won. They've learned how to, they've lost a lot. They've lost a ton too. But then they learn how to win close ones. And Phillip Rivers comes in, right? And all of a sudden you go to the playoffs and, and or, or whatever, maybe the Tennessee Titans. They've learned how to win close games. And so you just got to continue to learn and fight. And, and then not make the same mistake twice. That's how you learn how to win these close ones. You learn that the little details, maybe it was the wrong, your eyes were in the wrong spot. Maybe you went to go press and you put your hand in the wrong place. Maybe it's the wrong footwork. Maybe it's the wrong step. Maybe, you know, they made a check or they came out in the formation and you didn't make the check quick enough to get everyone aligned. Um, and so it, it comes down to, and it's so funny you, you bring that up because I had this conversation with my high school coach and my little kids that I coach. Football is very simple, Right. It's about alignment, assignment, and execution. And so when you make checks in the National Football League, everyone has to get a line right. Everybody has to understand what their assignment is. And then you got to execute it in a shorter amount of time than obviously you would do in high school or youth football. And so um, that's the part of it. You have to find a way to get set, ready to go, know what you're doing, All especially on defense, all 11 have to know what they're doing. If you have one breakdown, that's going to be a touchdown. And I think on offense it's the same way, like, you have to find a way to score every time you touch the ball or get points every time you touch the ball. It used to be in Jacksonville, let's just end with a kick, right? Mm-hmm. Either a punt or a field goal, right, or a touchdown, obviously. But now it's about we got to go and get points. Every time we have the ball, we should be getting points, not punting. We should be getting points. We have too much talent, and, and these guys have played together long enough to understand that. Hey, Mojo, let me ask you this real quick. You were just talking about the Shaq Griffin part of it. You said he owned it after the game. I just wonder, from you who have been in the locker rooms, like if your teammate does that, does that carry weight with you guys, or is Shaq Griffin there in that scenario talking to the fans and the media more so than his team? No, it definitely carries weight. I mean, the, the biggest thing is this. You own it, now don't do it again, yeah. right? Like, don't make the same mistake twice, bro, because then if you, you can't own it a second time. We don't Now we don't, you know, that's too much. Like, you've, you've made this. We know you've messed up. I mean, I've done it before. Um, I've had bad games. I remember against the Baltimore Ravens game, I fumbled three times on Monday night. We almost lost. Our defense saved us. I went. To, I mean, I went to Daryl Smith, and I was like, "Bro, thank you so much." I was like, "I ain't gonna do that again." 
<laughs> and I didn't, right? I didn't fumble three times in a row, but or three times in a game. But you have to once you do that, you gotta make sure that you lock in on what you have to do and you go out there and you make plays. Bruce Jones through with us. He always is on Mondays, uh, Mojo on Mondays in three o'clock hour on ESPN six ninety, Brent and Friends. You know, to stay on that point a little bit, I guess I raised the question this morning on our Monday morning madness show and even again today. Why don't guys in the NFL get benched when they're playing poorly? And and I know some do. You, you know, running backs will if they're fumbling a bunch. Maybe not you, Murray Schultz, through, but a lot will. Quarterbacks on occasion, but not usually in the NFL. They're going to stick it out with the QB. I just don't feel like you see it. Like you can, Shaq was having a tough day. They they have Darius Williams who can kick outside and Trey Herndon who can come in. What is there like an unwritten rule about benching a guy in the NFL that you just try not to do it from a coaching standpoint? Well, I, I think it's, the NFL is all about confidence because the, the, the margin of talent from team to team is very minute, right? So it's not these these teams are so much more talented. You know, it's, it's all about confidence and understanding your, your what you're, you're actually doing. So you don't want to pull someone. Um, you don't want to pull a guy and then lose his confidence like, oh, we don't believe in you. And then you got to deal with that side of it as well as a player and as a coach and trying to manage those expectations. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, Shaq Griffin had a bad day. I think we all go go to work, Brent. I know you had. I know you had a couple bad days <laughs> when I was in Jackson. There's no doubt about that. I've had bad days as well, and that, and that's okay. But should you get fired or should you get moved down to a lower a lower channel or a lower like no like a lower time? No, you you have to learn to fight through that. And so it's about being consistent. Everyone has a bad day. He had a bad day. It happens, um, but. He practiced. You you believe in his abilities. I think, you know, he's been probably more consistent than those other guys you spoke about at that position. That's why he's playing, and that's why they paid him that money. Um, and so it's important that he continues to figure out what he needs to do. I mean, like I said, Trevor, would you have benched Trevor after that five-turnover game in Philly? No, but I do think the quarterback's a little bit different in this case. Why? Why is he different? Well, because you kind of do ride or die. There I go again with that guy. You know, I mean, uh, but you see what I'm saying? Like, but but he's still one of he's one person of eleven people on the field. If he's not on point, you should be able to bench him too. Yeah. But you don't bench him because it'll ruin his confidence. It'll wreck him, right? And yeah. so that same thing happens with a left tackle, with a guard, with a uh, corner, with a linebacker. You wreck their confidence, and they're done for the year because it's hard to then build someone back up while you're trying to game plan and scheme for certain things. So you do your best not to wreck their confidence. But to kind of tell him, like, look, this is how we get better. You, you, you know, today is a tough day for him. They're going to go in there and watch tape. He's going to see him get beat multiple times. They're going to correct him. They're going to correct him in the in the team meeting, the defensive meeting room, and then in the corner room, in the secondary room. So he's going to get corrected. They're going to go out there and practice, and they're going to work on a technique, right, to help him be better at that. And and all these things are just trying to continue to build confidence in his skill set. Yeah, it makes a lot. I, I get it, too, by the way. It makes sense. I think it's a great answer, uh, and and I understand that. And to your point, if you listen to his soundbite from yesterday, he says it in there. He's like, I've got to trust myself. I've got. It's almost like he has lost a little confidence, and he's got to get it back. He did have a hip injury a few weeks ago. Maybe he's still not 100% and therefore loses a little bit of the trust, but he's got to figure it out, or there are going to be more days like that. And then, well, you know what happens after that. So, hey, what about Trevor Lawrence and, and that drive yesterday? There have been so many people around here, Maurice, while you were in London, asking about Trevor. Does he have the it factor? Can he get it done? What about clutch time? Another chance to win it with two minutes in his hands. Couldn't get it done the last couple of weeks. Well, 
This time, he made some big-time throws on third down and 12, third down and 13. Ends up engineering a drive with his legs and with his, with his arm for 18 plays, 10 minutes to give them the lead. I could sense even yesterday post-game when I saw him in the locker room, there was a little bit of a sigh of relief like, I needed that. How much do you think he needed that uh, for a young quarterback to make it happen in that situation? Um, I, I, listen, I, I, not only, I think we were just talking about the same thing with Shaq, with Shaq Griffin, right? Like, you have to have success in order to be confident. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've never someone that's failed that's super confident. Like, oh, I'm, I'm the best. And you just keep striking out or you keep messing up. Like, no, that doesn't happen. So that kind of validates all the things that we've talked about in him, for him, right? Uh, a lot of times as a player – we tend to second guess ourselves when things are going well. I can only get, I only can go to my experience. I remember in 2007, we went on, a, I don't know, it was a bad year for me. I don't know if someone put some juju on me or I had one of those dolls, but I couldn't break a run to save my life. Like, it was crazy. And uh, we were playing the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills are doing a great job of stopping me. Fred's going crazy. We're winning by a lot, but me personally, I wasn't performing well. And I remember coming to the sidelines and, uh, you know, talking to, to Jack, and Jack's like, bro, this is not looking good. You got, like, seven carries for negative seven yards. <laughs> like, oh, it, it is not looking good for me, Jack. You know, but then I break off a run, and I score a touchdown, and all that stuff that was happening before that I was in my head about was gone. And so I think the same thing for Trevor Lawrence is that he sees the same stuff that we see, right? He's watching, he's hearing, he understands, he's on social media. He's probably getting DM'd, and he's seeing the reports, and he, as much as we try not to, it's hard to with social media and everything that's going on and, the, and like, all the content that's out there. So he understands he's doing bad. He's watching tape. And he might, he might have been second-guessing his abilities. And so when you go out there and you show that you can do those things, now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm still that guy. I'm still the man, right? And, and that kind of gives you that re, uh, renewed confidence that you, you, you've always had, but you haven't had a, a lot of success. And I think that's what makes the difference between Josh Allen and Mahomes and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They cannot have success for a couple weeks going in, but they still believe in their abilities, right? And in order to get to that where they are, you have to have success consistently for years. Yeah, that's a good point, and, and I agree with you, too. If you bring up those guys, they have a bad game. They're like, yeah, whatever, that's not me, right? I mean, the, the, I'll come back and throw five touchdowns next week. And, and so exactly. you're right. You just need a little more equity built up if you're Trevor, and that's why last year was harmful to a degree. Because you go three and fourteen, you have all that scar tissue. You got to get by that. Well, now he's like three for three in his performance, uh, three and three in his performances. He's had three good ones and a uh, couple mixed bag and one really bad one. Uh, so I, I think the more he can build those good ones, the more that equity gets in his mind. Hey, how about uh, Travis Etienne gets to start yesterday? How big of a deal is that? And how did you like the usage of the Jags running backs? They even put Hasty in there, got a big run. But James Robinson had had a good amount of carries, was effective. But it does start to feel like in Jacksonville, Travis Etienne is the main focus at running back. Well, I, I think, I mean, Travis is a, a more explosive back. Let's just be honest. He, his, his skill set is a lot different than James, Rob, James Robinson, where I think right now they're trying to get him going. But I think late in the year he's going to lean on James, right? He's the bigger back. He's, he's the more of a workhorse to be able to handle certain those things. But they had to get Travis going. You have a true two-headed monster where week after week, you don't know which guy may be the guy. You start Travis Etienne, he was very explosive, had some great plays going out there. Um, and I, I think it, it makes your offense more balanced when you do that. Like, let's, like again, you have 
both James and Travis can be it can be explosive. James is limited in some of the versatility that he has where Travis can play all around the field, right? He can play receiver. He can play running back. He can catch them all in the backfield. You can do them on, like, little motion handoffs and different things where James is predominantly an eye back, right? And he'll catch a check down and different things like that. So, I, 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 from James's standpoint, I would be frustrated. But at the same time, from a team standpoint, you're saying, okay, we got two dudes that you have to account for. Whichever one it goes, goes. And to see that, you know, Travis had the kind of game he had shows that you have the potential to be a very explosive offense. If you go back and look at what Philly did when Doug Peterson was there, they had three or four dudes that ran the ball, right? Yeah, and the more the fresh the, the, the fresher they were at the end of the year, the more you have ability to go on a run. Um, and, again, each game presents a different challenge. And maybe this challenge that the Jags saw presented an opportunity for Travis Etienne to have a better game. Yeah, listen, James, people love James Robinson around here. They should. I love James Robinson around here. Respect the heck out of him what he's been able to do. But I think people also notice, wow, it looks different when ETN touches the ball and he's touching it and getting these big chunks. Like, that's impossible to ignore. They have different styles. Doesn't mean you can't use both. But you said something. That you, you've done this. You've lived through this. You, you kind of taught me this without even telling me because I would watch you run, and when you got it 22 times, 24 times, eventually you broke that one, even on a tough day that you weren't getting five yards of pop or something. And so I know that matters to backs like you, backs like James Robinson. But we talked a lot last week, Maurice Jones-Drew. This is hard for a guy that needs maybe 17, 18 carries to just get 10, 11, or 12 and make the most of them. And so I agree with you. There's got to be a frustration level. Or can I be the best version of myself from a James point of view if I'm just getting it 10, 12 times? Well, I, I've been both, right? In the early in my career, I was Travis Etienne. I'd come in for a series. I'd have certain plays drawn up for me, and I'd be explosive, right? And Fred was the main guy. And then, obviously, after Fred left, I became the guy, and then I had to change my running style to be that guy that can handle the load and carry and still be able to break those runs. Um, and so I, I understand both sides of it. I I understand it as a coach as well. Um, I just think as as no as we start getting to November and you start getting outside and you're not playing in Florida, you're playing in other places. You're going to use more James Robinson at that point, right? And 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 this is what needs to be told or under explained to James. Like as the games get colder and we start having to go to some of these cold places, we're going to utilize you more because you're going to be the downhill guy that's going to break tackles and do things and close out games. Where Travis is going to be probably more explosive in certain situations. And so um, they both have really pivotal roles. Um, Frustration, yeah, but, like, he sees it. Like, like, that's the one thing I I remember as a player. I remember being so delusional, right? (laughs) And you see it, but you don't want to see it. And and obviously, as I got older, I think that's just because I was in my 20s and, you know, enjoying life and, you know, trying to make seem like life was everything. But, um I'm more of a realist now, and and so I would go back and watch. I'll go back and watch old games and stuff, and be like, "Bro, like, what was I doing?" You know what I mean? Like, we needed this guy. We needed Daisy Kareem, or we needed uh, Jordan Todman to come in and get some carries and do some things to help the team. And so I think as long as it's explained a certain way and and it's put out there, I think you'll be fine. And as long as they start winning, it's going to be the most important thing, right? If you're winning, I can't complain. But if we're losing, I'm gonna be like, "All right, now." 
I need to get this tater. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think, by the way, I do remember some of those games where I thought you were about to write the next version of Give Me the Damn Ball. <laughs> it, was, it was coming. It was close. But, you know, it, again, I said it, 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 it's, you know, I, it's so funny now looking back at the game, and, and obviously I know you guys talked to Rashina. I wonder if he thinks the same way. But seeing it now as I'm older, having more understanding where I was in my 20s and kind of just out there, you know, and playing the game and working hard and, you know, wanting to do everything and wanting to be everything, um, sometimes that can be detrimental. And so I just think now seeing it from a different angle, and especially if it's explained a certain way, um, you, you, can, you can have a really good organization, a really good team moving forward because they're both going to be needed in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And by the way, that's today's athlete too. Even more, they they want to know the why. Uh, today's today's uh, whatever it is, you know. I mean, kid, uh, twenty year old, twenty five year old, they want to know the why. And if you explain it to them, I think well, they, they probably can get on board with it as long as they're still a part of the puzzle. Uh, I don't know how much you got to see ETN the last two weeks. You were in London. I know you had the, the Rams game yesterday too. But if you have seen any of it, some of the stuff. Is that kind of what you thought he could be? I mean, some of the explosive nature. They drafted him in the first round last year uh, to do some of these things, and, and I'm sure it's even untapped. I'm sure we're not seeing it all yet. Well, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen much. I've seen some. Don't get me wrong. I haven't, I've seen some. I haven't seen everything. I didn't really get a chance to watch the whole game yesterday yet, and I'll be able to watch it more and talk more about it. I'll text you later tonight or something. You know how I do. It's like 1 o'clock your time in the morning. I'll be texting, but... <laughs> Um, I'll be up taking a pee or something like that. Exactly, that. like you always do. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing. I, I think when you watch his tape, when you when I watch him in training camp, when I've, I've seen the way they've tried to utilize him, um, he, is a, he is a person that is a, a space player. You get him in space, he is tough to deal with. And the way they run the ball with the Jags and, and, and the, the schemes and the everything is getting him into space. And he's able to use his explosiveness, his speed, right? Um a lot of guys don't have – he doesn't he, – his contact balance is really – is pretty good, but it's not the same as James Robinson's, right? So, James, you can run in between the tackles, A-gap to A-gap, whatever it may be. Travis, you want to get him out there between the numbers, between the hash and the numbers or the silent numbers. Let him get in space and make guys miss. And they're being able to do it in multiple ways, and that's what you're looking for. And like I said, again, looking at the, the – the, the, what do you have? Like, he's averaging what, like – Eight, nine yards of carry, 10 yards of carry yesterday? Yeah, pretty much a touch the last couple of weeks. I know it. In the first quarter alone, the last two weeks, just the first quarter, he's had nine touches for 150 yards. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like that, that to me is they're, they're doing an awesome job, and we've talked about this, Brent, is putting your players in position to be successful, right? Why run him in between the tackles if that's not where he's going to be explosive? Run him outside and let him get going, and that's what you're looking for. So I love seeing that. I'm excited. Uh, to kind of see more of it, I'm also going to watch the tape today and, and check it out. But they're they're doing a great job of putting guys in position. Now, I'm going to be a little bit more critical. I think Christian Kirk needs to touch the ball a little bit more. He needs more plays drawn up for him. I know teams are trying to take him away, um, but if you can get him, who's very he's a very similar skill set to Travis Etienne, uh, those guys in space, I think you'll see the running game and the offense score more. Maurice Jones Drew with us here, uh, Mojo on Mondays. Just keep you for another uh, couple minutes uh, around the NFL. You go, are your Rams getting back on it a little bit? I say your Rams. I mean, you work with them and for them. So I got to be careful. <laughs> no, listen, um, they just lost their left tackle for the season. Achilles tear. So they're they're down four linemen right now. So I don't know what they're going to do. They're, they're trying to find ways to manufacture victories. 
defense is playing really well. I know you guys hate, hate to hear me say this, but Jalen is playing at an all-pro level again. Yeah, awesome. doesn't um, surprise um, me. He had a sack great. yesterday, yeah. I saw. He had a sack, big play. They don't throw the ball to him. Uh, he's, he's all over the field. Um, he had a big hit on Christian McCaffrey in the flat. Um, another thing was they weren't playing well, and he was in a locker room doing normally what he does is getting on guys, and they came back and they responded. So defense is playing really well. Offense is struggling, and, and they just got to figure it out. So I don't know what's going to happen with this, with your left tackle being out, and the only starter you have right now in the lineup is your right tackle. But we'll see. Hey, Mojo, you mentioned with the Rams, they're obviously playing the Panthers. The Panthers, it sounds like, or at least on Twitter, everyone thinks they're trading their whole team away. Is there a guy you saw yesterday for the Panthers that you think might fit in Jacksonville if the Jags should uh, go explore some moves? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Jags are super talented. I, I, teams that are – if I'm going to go make a trade, it's because I feel like we're about to go win the Super Bowl. That's why I would make a trade, right? I wouldn't go and trade for a guy if we can't build with him or build around him. I feel like the Jags have all, all the core pieces, foundational pieces, that you need to be a great team for a long time. You have your quarterback. You built around him. You have your two edge rushers. Uh, you have linebackers. You, you've done everything you need to do. Now it's time to get those guys playing well and experienced so that, you know, in the future they have these games to call back on to go out there and make plays. I wouldn't necessarily go and trade for any of those guys. Now, if I'm the Buffalo Bills or the, the Chiefs or the Ravens, yeah, DJ Moore is a guy out there that I'd probably go and get. Uh, McCaffrey, if, if you really give up a couple firsts for him, why not? I mean, if, if you want to go win the ter- the Super Bowl, you got to go have players that can go uh, help you out. So, um, to me, if I was the Jags, I would stay put, continue to do what I'm doing. You have a lot of young talent, and let it rock. Maurice Jones Drew with us here on uh, ESPN 690. All right, one last thing. How, uh, uh, I don't know, how much do they have to avoid a four-game losing streak, a five-game losing streak here in Jacksonville. It's different. You lose three in a row. You feel like you're better maybe than your record says you are. But once you start losing, Mojo, I mean, around here we've seen a lot of losing streaks, and that gets concerning. Uh, I, I thought three was too much, to be honest with you. But who, who do they play this week? The Giants. That's a tough one. Okay. <laughs> hey, Maurice Jones-Drew, they're going to beat the Giants. I know how the NFL works, and the Giants right. are not going to six and one. I, I listen, this is the thing, and, and, and I think when you look at the Houston Texans game, that game, the Jags dominated that game, right? You just had too many turnovers when you got into the red zone. You, Trevor didn't take what was given to him. You saw him make that adjustment this week, taking what the defense was giving, being able to move the ball down the field, all those different things. Defense just didn't hold up. And you saw the defense break at the end of that Houston Texans game where Pierce broke like, what is that, was it? Yeah, was it, was it, the running back broke like nine tackles from Houston. Yes. yes. Right? So, like, that's, that was a breaking point. The defense have been playing really well. That was just a breaking point for the D. They've been on the field too much. And so now it's time to get everything back centered. You're going to go against the number one rusher, probably who's playing really well right now, Saquon Barkley. But you have a quarterback that will turn the ball over. Let's not, like, I don't care what Daniel Jones has done up to this point in this season. He still will turn the ball over. That's what he does, right? And eventually – he will do it. And if you're there, you got to make make him pay. And then defensively, again, if Trevor does what he's supposed to do and takes what the defense gives him, you'll be able to move the ball up and down the field. Um, and so if you go back and look at the, what the Ravens did, what the Packers did, they were both up by like 10 or 17 or whatever it might have been. And they started doing things that were uncharacteristic, trying to take shots down the field when you didn't have some. They got in the third and long. And you allowed that defensive line to get after you. And so that's how they are able to come back. 
If you're the Jaguars, continue to do what you're doing offensively. Take what the defense is giving you, run the ball, be explosive. Defensively, put Daniel Jones, put the pressure on him to have to win the game. Don't let Saquon win it. Put the pressure on him to win it and see if he can do it. And I guarantee the Jags will be happy with the result. How good is Saquon Barkley from a running back uh, view? If if he's healthy, if he's this guy, like, is he arguably the best guy in the league? Uh, he's up there. Uh, I mean, it's always tough to say the best guy in the league when you have a dude that's 6'3", 250, and runs a 4'5", and still tough to tackle, right? Yeah. Or you have Caffrey, who is playing on a team that, you know, literally gave him the ball. I think he was 175 percent of the offense at one point, right? So, uh, but Saquon is, is one of the top in the league for sure. Uh, he's definitely shown that, you know, he's back after those injuries. He looks great. He's in great shape. Um, the thing with him is he's very, he's like, you got to bottle him up. You can't allow him to do all this shaking and running around. You have to bottle him up, set edges, and make him run into the teeth of your defense. And that's how you'll be able to slow him down. I'm looking at pictures of you on our video feed. And I'm wondering, whose legs are bigger, yours or Saquon Barkley? You know, I listen, I still believe I had the, I had the strongest, biggest legs ever in the National Football League. <laughs> I mean, Earl that Campbell might, might argue with you. but <laughs> Earl knows what's up. I've talked to Earl. He knows the truth. You know, no, I, I, think, I think that's one of Saquon's biggest uh, attributes. He has a small waist and huge thighs, and it's hard to tackle guys like that. Because once you try to slide down to his legs, those you know his thighs are going to make you like they're going to break arm jacks. And yeah. A lot of guys aren't getting big good hits on him because he's so elusive. So he's definitely one of the toughest ones to stop. Right, he's not the rolling ball of butcher knives, as Maurice Jones Drew was once described, which is a great description. You must be happy with that description. But listen, I, I, I prefer to be called uh, All Pro or any of those other ones. <laughs> I don't know, man. Rolling ball of butcher knives. That was pretty nice. Wasn't that Fisher? Did Jeff Fisher give you that? Uh, I, I I would go with Pocket Hercules. That sounds oh, even Pocket better. Hercules was good. Pocket so Hercules was good. Cut it, right? All right. Uh, hey, quick thought. Let, let's go. I, I've said it 14 times, but how's the high school football? I know you missed it for a couple of weeks. How are we doing? Are we doing okay? Man, we, we, high school football didn't do so well. We lost. We had a bye week and lost our the next game. Come on. De La Salle's not supposed to lose. I know. We're getting back on track, though. We, we got we got a lot of work to do. Um, but then my little kids, man, Deuce, Deuce played really well. Um, they won a game. It was a, it was a close game. Uh, I think they won by two points, a team that we probably should have beat by a little bit more. But it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm excited. We had a lot of kids play, a lot of uh, first-year guys who are getting to play football, which is nice. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But right now we're still undefeated with the little kids. And that's the focus, right? The focus is to stay with the guys that are winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, High school's not winning so much, so my attention's starting to flip. That's happened. We don't have to play anymore. You know, you just got to shift your attention a little bit. <laughs> Coach Mojo, that's a good uh, good method. All right, man, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good week. All right, see you guys later. All right, that's Rich Jones, Drew Mojo on Mondays. Uh, love, love him coaching him up. Rolling ball of butcher knives, man, that's awesome. It's a good one. That's a great way to be described. Yeah, I love that. I think it's a hell of a compliment. It's a good one. I mean, nobody says that about Derrick Henry. True. <laughs> it's a great description. It's a good visual. That's what it is. Yeah, I almost feel like in a backdoor way you came up with it. That's why you keep pounding it home. Like, I know no, you just no, said somebody actually, else did. I'm but pretty like... sure Jeff Fisher did, who's hated around here. So many Jags fans probably don't like it just nice. because he delivered it. But the bottom line is it was a really good. I'm pretty sure Fisher is the one that said it. That was a hell of a description.
at uh, 4 o'clock hour. we got Rasheed Mathis coming up. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. We keep talking about Jags. All right, we go to the defensive coordinator after this break. Do what we got to do. With Rasheed. How do we fix that? It's next. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 